Okay, we're all in take five. The stars at night! Aaron Hogan. A big and bright! Rod Babers. The Horn. The fifth hour. The fifth hour is upon us. Five hours, five days a week. That's what Ian Rod B. will be. We're also asking you to help name the program. That's right. Because Ian Rod B. works fine. Mornings with Ian Rod B. has been mentioned. But if you've got something more clever, more too deep, authoritative, too deep was a bad. good one. Breaking right, the huddle. Hey, Someone says horny. Horny. Horny and Ben Rod B. <laughs> By all means, uh, you know I'm I'm for like breakfast tacos with B and e, with uh, E and Rod B. You know what I mean? Making me hungry. I, actually, I am getting kind of hungry. Mm. I'm, I'm not usually up so if you're, this if, early in there, so I'm hungry now. If you're a restaurant and you make hey. breakfast tacos, you want to sponsor it? Hey, come on! By all means. <laughs> I'm done deal. I'm in. <laughs> deal. Uh, Please Ian do. Rod B brought to you by Breakfast Talk. Hit us up, man. We're all in on that. <laughs> but uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's uh, a lot of lot of info, a lot of entertainment. A uh, good segment right there with uh, the the audio. We also have a new segment coming at the end of this hour called What's Poppin', Rod? What's poppin'? What's poppin' <laughs> off? Because we got stuff today. We got stuff today. Always looking forward to what we're gonna be checking out. I did. I was What's intrigued poppin'? to hear that you saw the movie Oppenheimer. I did, and uh, I loved it. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was fantastic. It and really was. Three hours too. And so you, you expect are, to maybe, you expect to get distracted in three hours? Did not get distracted. You know, in three it's hours. funny having uh, you know had three children. I, I gave your wife props for for sitting through three hours of a film. Yes. For those who don't know, my wife is pregnant. She is seven months pregnant. That's so, incredible. So she sat through three hours. She took some bathroom breaks, but she's good. She's good. She's the bladder kind of gets squeezed as things start to. Oh man, pop I, I wanted to go there. alone. I told her, "Say you can stay, and I'll just go by myself." She's like, "No, I want to go see up and she like too." It? She loved it. Good. It was. I'm telling you, it, it's worth you going to see because three hours. The scenes are quick. I, I imagine. I don't know. I, I, I bet the number of scenes they have in the movie. Monty can probably tell you better because he works in the film industry. He could. That it's man. It, it's got to be somewhere. In, I don't know. Some ridiculous amount. I, I'd imagine it's probably more scenes in that movie than any movie I've seen recently because it, it moves, moves fast. fast yeah. But it's long. It moves fast though. So you keep your attention. You're not gonna get bored with it at all. And Killian is. Killian, was it Killian Murphy? Is Killian his name? Murphy, yeah. He is. He's going. He's going to be up for best actor, and he, he right now he might win it. I'm trying to think of something else that could be in the same realm. Ryan Gosling and Barbie. That's Ken. <laughs> I've heard that people love it. Yeah, I've heard do. adults who really like the over plot. Over a billion dollars globally now. Yeah, I, I heard adults who like the plot. I'm not going to go see it at the theaters, but if it shows up on one of my streaming apps, I will watch it. True enough. I have to. True enough. I, I don't know this. Yeah. Have you seen, speaking of Killian Murphy, have you seen Peaky Blinders? I haven't, but I heard you talking about it, and Good, I, it's been recommended to me a couple of times. So. It's worth it. I'm into, uh, it goes, it's, it's six season episodes. So every oh, so season, goes, every, yeah. you, can, you can knock them out pretty quick. Yeah. And it, it, it also is fast-paced. I mean, it it's is, Netflix, it's, right? Yeah, Netflix. Okay. It's good, Peaky Blinders. I might check Great it show. out. Great soundtrack, too. I mean, as we uh, play our... You know, some spoon back into the show right there, local band. Um, you know, the, the soundtrack on Peaky Blinders, the, the music is tremendous. All right, I'll take that, the recommendation. Show, so I would watch that. I mean, I can't wait to see Oppenheimer. Uh, but we'll do our What's Poppin' segment. We'll also go behind the burn orange curtain one more time, talk Texas football. Four practices in. They had the nighttime practice. I mentioned, Rod, that Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Thursday, let me get my calendar out, make sure I'm right on this. But Thursday's going to be a big day for Longhorn football fans. And uh, because Thursday is the day that Colin Simmons, 
the Duncanville pass rusher, yes. the elite prospect. Five stars if there was one. If you saw the state championship game last year, uh, as a junior, he was the best player on the field. Um, he is, uh, you know, not just an elite player, but he's a, it's a position the Longhorns need badly, an edge rusher. Uh, in the in the in the form of a God, people compare him to Vaughn Miller and they compare mm-hmm. him to some of the best pass rushers to come out of the the state in a long long time. He is going to make his college declaration on Thursday, and he's deciding between LSU, Texas, and it's one more of the school. Miami, is on Miami, there. I believe it is okay. Texas is in a good place. I've heard that a lot of the crystal ball predictions have him going to Texas. Yeah, he's been the, seemingly been a Texas lean for a while, but LSU, yeah. he, he every time he does an interview, he talks about how much he loves Baton Rouge and he loves LSU. Well, and look what they did with Harold Perkins. Yes, and Harold Perkins mm-hmm. was the intermediate freshman last year oh, yeah. who was the number one defensive player in the state. So Brian Kelly trying to make that push for, for Duncanville's Colin Simmons. The other question about Colin was, would he make his declaration before the season? And pretty clearly he wants to get this out of the way before he goes to football training camp with Duncanville and start getting ready to go win another state title. Uh, there, so we'll obviously follow that and get some expert opinions on it as we get closer to it. And then Thursday, we will know. But that's a big deal uh, coming up this week. But uh, that, you know, we'll go behind that burn orange curtain. If not, because you're not going to have Colin Simmons this year, regardless. Who is and who could be that edge rusher, that edge presence? Mm. I heard an interesting uh, comment from one of the players about uh, the former Westlake Chaparral, Ethan Burke, that he's the guy that's turning some. Yeah, heads as Christian an edge Jones mentioned Ethan Burke about it. I mean, basically, they're. There are three problem areas on defense for Texas this season. Um, we can get into it, obviously, and we go behind the burn orange curtain a little bit more. The three pro- not the problem areas, three areas where they're unproven commodities, I should say. So not problem areas, just unproven commodities. Those guys may end up being great. But it's a defensive end spot opposite Baron Sorrell. Yep. The cornerback spot on the field corner, that's opposite Ryan Watts. And whoever's going to be the linebacker opposite Jalen Ford. Yep. Those are the three positions. Every other position, you got proven commodities coming back, guys who've been there, done that, tried, true, tested veterans. Everywhere else, those are the spots. So to me, if I'm a def- if I'm an offensive coordinator and I'm going up against a Texas defense, that is literally where I start my game plan. <laughs> like, those three, like, those three guys. I'm going to write those those three positions. I'm going at them now. If they prove themselves, you know, worthy of us, you know, avoiding them because they are such great playmakers. Then great. But right now, if I'm just you know, doing the doing the probabilities on where are we most likely to find a place to exploit the defense? I'm sorry, the offense effectively. I uh, sorry, the defense effectively. It it would be those three areas for me. Agreed. Yeah, I think those are the the biggest question marks, and uh, we'll hear from Pete Kukowski at the bottom of the hour. That's right. Also, Sark weighing in on that secondary, and uh, this says Jones mentioned Colson Vosick. calls him Baby Bosa. That's my guy, Baby Bosa. Okay, let's. Mind the comment. Slow, got, the slow down. Tap the slow brakes. down. <laughs> Baby Bosa, really? He's got some bend. I'm serious. Like he, he reminds me of an Aiden Hutchinson yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, Bosa I mean, is a freak. The Bosa's right? are like drafted in like the Number top one. ten. You know what? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's just well, slow down right. a little bit. He, it, that's saying to me he's not going to be great. But. He is a Westlake Chaparral. So exactly. I, 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 <laughs> he's not from Westlake. He's from Bestlake. Oh, See, people are already criticizing the show that you, you and I are going to be Houston homers, and that's why we have Ty here. He's a Dallas. But we talk more Cowboys than we do Texans. No, we don't talk Texans. Exactly. Not until they do something. We don't even talk Texans. About. No, we can't be that much. Now, of how about this? Houston Speaking homer. of the Cowboys, how about this? Micah Parsons. I couldn't find this audio. I need to find it because we need to have it. But he said we could talk about the Hall of Fame, right? Did Demarcus wear into the Hall of Fame? Oh yeah. Chuck Howley over the weekend. Micah Parsons said, "I don't think I just want to make the Hall of Fame. I want to be known as." one of the greatest Hall of Famers. 
There's categories to everything. There's good, there's great, there's perfect. Hmm. I don't want to just be mentioned in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's great, a great accolade. I want to be one of the greatest in the Hall of Fame. He wants to be in the upper room. With the, upper, yeah, <laughs> the upper room. Uh, no, I, you know, he's got, that, he's got that kind of ability. And what I love about it is that he is, he is freakishly like, versatile. And he, he talks about being able to play all these different positions on defense, and I've said it numerous times. I've said, I said it for the last five years. I think the future of football is positionless football. He is the best positionless football player on defense in the NFL, and it's not even close, actually. And Dan Quinn will weaponize him. And Dan Quinn is the foremost mine on positionless football on defense in the NFL. Uh, it's funny that uh, you know everybody will be rooting for Bijan Robinson this year. The Atlanta Falcons are doing that on offense, right? They're they kind of are a pos- positionless mindset. I, they have Desmond Ritter at quarterback, but Bijan lines up all over the field. Cordero Patterson, Freaky uh, Pitts, Kyle Freaky Pitts. Pitts. Yep. I mean, Kyle, I mean they they've got you they know, got Drake they got London is a big six yep. five receiver. Right. They can throw some things at you. They are, they are the second. I think they are the second um, offense in the NFL. That I think that majors in positionless football. San Francisco. Shano is obviously the top mind there. And I don't think it's coincidence that he and Dan Quinn were together in Atlanta. And now one is calling and coordinating the top positionless football defense in the NFL. And one is coordinating and calling plays as the uh, top positionless football offense in the NFL, and they were both on the same coaching staff in 2016, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think this is actually something they both discussed, and they probably thought they were going to be able to do it together, and now both of these guys are on a similar path, just on different phases different phases of the game. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Cowboys open up with Jacksonville on Saturday. We mentioned the Texans play the Patriots on Thursday night. We'll get into what's popping tonight and this week. Uh, including the Astros with a special day today. Special day today. Hey, Rod, uh, obviously the top story of the morning uh, outside of the you know the new show and what we're doing is uh, the landscape-changing weekend in college athletics. It all came down on Friday. And I know for – I was talking a lot of – we were out at the lake this weekend visiting my – my good buddy's got a, a lake house out on Lake Must LBJ. Be nice. Yeah, we hadn't been out all summer. Normally we, we've been going to – we've been fortunate enough to be invited to their lake house ever since our, our kids were born. So 25 years. Our kids are 25 and our oldest. Uh, so we were getting going out there. Yeah, they look at it for a long time then. I uh, know. Yeah, we've known. Nice. Yeah, our, <laughs> well, our, our, our kids, our oldest kids, were born on the same day. So uh, oh, his daughter cool. and my son. So they've been tight all along. So we've, we've gone out. And so just talking to people, and there were, it's amazing to me how many people were like, man, this, this came down so fast. Like, no, mm. this has been coming. Uh, For you know, a the, long time. You know, it's one of those, I, yeah. you understand that we get real inside baseball and inside the game, but it was pretty clear to me that, you know, as far back as June, uh, we were talking about, look, if the Pac-12 doesn't put a media rights deal in front of its membership that is close to what the Big 12 has gotten, they're going to fall apart. I mean, they're going to break up. You just can't keep them. They can say whatever they want because everybody would, even mm-hmm. like national writers, would, would quote presidents of schools and quote, well, look, they're not going to say it to you. They're not going to tell you. They're going to tow the company line until they can't. And that's what they did. But everyone understood behind the scenes that if George Klyavkov, the commissioner, mm-hmm. couldn't get a deal together that could be at least close to what the Big 12 is, then it was going to fracture and it was going to fall apart. And we told you all through July that they went to Pac-12 Media Day and there wasn't a deal. Uh, there wasn't an offer made. There wasn't anything to put in front of it. And that's when Colorado, I, I said, watch, watch when, these, when these school presidents go back to campus after Media Day and they didn't have a presentation right. from the commissioner. They're going to have hard talks about, okay, we've been patient on this thing. We've been waiting 13 months for a new media rights deal we got to do what's best for us at this point. Right. And that's exactly what happened. And we also told you last week that, 
you know, before this all came down to, you know, keep an eye on the Big Ten. Big Ten's just kind of waiting. Uh, you know, just because they're not saying anything doesn't mean they're not talking behind the scenes. Uh, you know, Oregon and Washington obviously were in play, and that was going to drop what happened. I mean, so it all came down quickly over yep. a one-day period. But at the same time, it began long ago, and really when Colorado made the initial jump, uh, that, that really, mm-hmm. you know, the, the defections were coming right beyond that. And you pointed out accurately, Rod, earlier, and you can reset all that, you know, this, it's, it's an amazing fall from where this conference was a mere 12 years ago. No, really, it's crazy. I can't, you can't even really believe it. You brought up how, you know, they have, they accomplished a lot in terms of on-the-field success going back yeah, to 2011. 2011. If you go back to the final standings of 2011, the Pac-12 had three teams in the top seven. Oregon, USC, and Stanford were all in the top seven in the country in football. Come on, a little over ten years ago. Which means you're a power conference, right? You're you're not only a power, the power conference. Sexy brands, huge brands. USC, Oregon with Chip Kelly. I mean, you are a big time. Stanford had had Jim Harbaugh, then David Shaw, and you were this powerhouse. And here they are now. In that same year, you're talking about they signed the richest TV deal in college sports at the time. They had a $3 billion deal over 12 years. It was the richest TV deal in college sports at the time. So they're on top of the mountain. And in a little over 10 years, they have had so much bad leadership, so many bad decisions at the top. It ultimately has led to the dissolution of that conference. And what I, what I hate about it is, or I hate it for Pac-12 fans, is that there were numerous chances for Pac-12 leadership to either dissolve or remove the Big 12 as a threat. Larry Scott even recognized it in 2011, actually, uh, right after uh, the first round of realignment from the Big 12. This is a quote from Larry Scott, former Pac-12 commissioner. Quote, we could have expanded, but the deal didn't make any sense at the end of the day for us, especially given the position that we are in which was a power position at the time. He went on to say, there's a very high bar. It's hard to imagine very many scenarios for our conference to expand because our bar is so high. This is what he said after basically, uh, he he, this is ESPN article says that Larry Scott chose to pass on Oklahoma and Texas. And that was the reason he gave. Yeah. So, bar is high, which means that probably Oklahoma, not up to the academic standards yeah, that we hold. Oklahoma fact, State or Tech, none of those right, would have right, been right, up exactly. if Texas well, that's what, when I hear him say the bar, yeah. well, our bar is really high. We don't want just any school, and that's the hubris, right? That's, that's which okay, arrogant, It's, it's yeah. fine to have that, but at the same time, it's going to lead to the demise of your conference because this is a big business, and the dollars are going to speak. The almighty dollar and the TV dollars will be what keeps you alive. And as, as uh, Pac-12 Matt says, uh, uh, Larry Scott blew this 12 years ago. This has been in motion since he dropped the ball in the Big 12. Joining. He did, but Klyovkov had a chance. Klyovkov had multiple chances. No Klyovkov was approached by Bob Bowlesby, the Michael Scott of conference commissioners, right after Texas and Oklahoma were reportedly leaving. And at that time, Bob Bowlesby went hat in hand to Klyovkov and said, hey, let's merge. We're both weak, but together we can be really strong, and we actually can skip ahead. We actually can you know, find a way to skip ahead a lot of these other conferences, get us a better deal, and we will have the leg up in expansion because we'll have probably 16 teams. Even back then, Klyovkov said no and also refused. Not only rebuffed the Big 12, but refused to expand. and said we will not expand. And then a year later, he came back to the Big 12, a new commissioner, Brett Yarmark, and asked for the same deal, a merger. And Brett Yarmark said, no, nah, we're good here. Yeah. We're good. 
So yeah. multiple chances they miss to put the kibosh on the, the Big 12. Well, and as this texture says, the Pac-12 died. Great point, by the way, <laughs> when USC and UCLA left. That's true. And look, when you lose your two biggest brands, and you, Oregon's probably a bigger brand than UCLA right now, but you know, this history of basketball, L.A., the L.A. market, UCLA's a massive brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC is obviously one of the biggest brands in the history of college athletics. Uh, and you're in the second largest media market in the country. Yep. When those two left, that, that put them in dire straits. I agree with that. But there's still things they could have done, as we've talked about. The, the mind-numbing part about media contracts and TV networks is you know, playing in different time zones. I know fans don't want to hear that, but to, to someone who's going to spend the dollars to mm-hmm. acquire your conference and put it on television – they need they need more than one time zone. They don't need just Pacific time zone games. They want games early. They want games midday. They want games late. And I, that's what's going to sell. That's why they're going to pay the big bucks. That's why the Big Ten is going to make $100 million per team annually mm-hmm. starting in 2024. That's why Texas is moving to the SEC for the TV dollars. Uh, but to your point, I mean, you're right. Larry Scott set it in motion, but you also said it. They signed a 12-year deal after 2011. This is the end of that deal. It is. And they haven't signed a new one. Since that deal, and they've just dissolved as a conference, mm-hmm. and I mean it's it's a shame. Now, look, USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington, they can still thrive as co- as you know programs as members of the Big Ten. You know, you know Brett Yormark will make it his. You know, he he needs to he help does. replace the brands of Texas and Oklahoma and the mm-hmm. value. So he's going to help push the rivalry between Arizona and Arizona State and BYU and uh, and Utah. Utah. Yep. You know, Colorado needs a new natural rival in the Big 12. Uh, you have to raise the ele- and elevate. you got to get into the city of Houston and really grow the Houston program because that's the fourth largest market yeah. in the country. TCU has to continue to rise. That's the fifth or sixth largest media market in the country, the DFW Metroplex. That's where you got to win because you're not going to have Texas and Oklahoma anymore in your conference. I would also say this, you know, through all of these college realignment, university realignment conversations we've had, everybody talked about, you know, having relegation, relegation like they do in oh, Premier yeah. League soccer. Mm-hmm. Well, think about where Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston are now in starting in 2024 compared to where they were. And think about where Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Oregon are about, or, and Washington State are about to be. They got relegated. Yeah, they do. And but, Houston, Central Florida, Cincinnati, they just elevated. They get to play with the big boys now. Separation of had and had nots. And honestly, I wouldn't doubt that in the future, you know, you'll, you'll start to see teams somehow get jettisoned out of these conferences. Like, this, basically, this is consolidation going on here. I agree with you. And contra- I would see some kind of contraction going on, potentially, well, where TV network's like, the- we're not, basically, like, we're not going to air Purdue games. We're not airing Indiana games. We got blue bloods to air. That's what the people want. That gets ratings. That gets us uh, advertising dollars. So I could see them almost unofficially kind of, you know, basically putting those other lesser brands, mid-tier brands, kind of putting them on the back burner. Well, especially if you're collecting your Purdue and your Indiana and the Northwestern. You're collecting $100 million annually. So they're like, shut up. (laughs) Put your money into the football program. We should be able to. You know, put good, you know, this should be a lot like the NFL at a lot of levels, right? I mean, this is the fear of all the other conferences is when you've got 18 teams collecting 100 million each, they're all should be really good. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the entire athletic department should be thriving. Uh, We played this a little bit ago, the Eli Drinkwitz comments. He's not wrong. No. This is all about football. And yes, the basketball team has to travel and the volleyball team has to travel and it's going to be arduous, you know, but they got $100 million to try to offset that. 
you know, hell, buy a buy a uh, buy a, a university p- plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's exactly right. I mean, that type of a money, that type of money can change a, a, a program. And the question is, did the Pac-12 fall behind? It's a chicken or the egg, right? Did the Pac-12 fall so far behind the other Power Five conferences because they weren't getting enough revenue to invest in their programs, and that's why they fell behind, or? Were they already lagging behind, and that's why they weren't a sexy enough, attractive enough, you know, product to put on TV or well, to attract I mean, TV networks to give them a new media rights deal? I don't know which one it is. It's a good chicken and egg question. But which if, came if first? You, but if you if you go back to that 2011 year with the three top seven teams, well, Stanford's not what they were. USC wasn't for a long time. Just got back. Oregon after Chip Kelly left. Never got it back. They're just starting to get back into that tier. So, yeah, the Pac-12 was full of empty states. They used to have their Pac-12 championship game on a Friday night and it'd be empty. Mm, Wouldn't be any fans there. Yeah. And so, yes, I mean, look, TV networks, like, look, no one. And then guess what else happened, Rod? You know this. Their best players from the West Coast were leaving to go play in the SEC and play in in the state of Texas. Yep. I I remember that. I mean, think of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and B. John Robinson um, you know, all these great players from the West Coast, and those are just the biggest examples. Uh, who, who's the kid that, you know, Uyunglele, who went to Clemson. Mm-hmm. I mean, over and over again, the number one player in California would bolt to go east to play on yep. TV, Yep, on TV, uh, in big games, in the SEC or in the ACC at Clemson, most notably. And so you, you dissolve the talent, you dissolve the interest, the stadiums aren't full, the TV contracts don't get fulfilled. And in the end, you got to go where the, the pastures are greener. You just, you'd have to. Yeah. And I think that's at the end of the day, as, it's a century-old historic conference. But at the same time, the mismanagement, uh, the lack of leadership, at some point, each school just had to say, you know what, we got to do what's best for us here. We got to, you know, to a point where there was a point on Friday where Arizona was ready to bolt Arizona State. And yeah. just say, look, if you're not we're, going, we're going. We're going, anyhow. Yeah. Good luck. And, uh, you know, that came on the heels of Oregon and Washington, which then, of course, Utah and, and Arizona State. And by the way, you should put the Arizona State president in the bad leader pile because he's been a big oh yeah uh, this guy says not going to Morgantown Michael Crow yeah he's a he's a guy that's been against this uh, completely and put his you know dug his heels in and look at some point market forces are going to be market forces and you got to go where your athletic your athletic department can can sustain and mm-hmm. at least be on somewhat of a of a yeah even level playing field it's not going to be even in the Big 12, but it's going to be a lot better than it was in the Pac-12. So there we are. That's where we stand. 2024, 18 in the Big 10, 16 in the Big 12, 16 in the SEC, 14 in the ACC. Uh, That is 64, Rod. That is 64 teams, if you do the math. We've been talking about four super conferences for a long time with 64 teams. Uh, As of 2024, which also includes a 12-team playoff, we are at that point where there are 64 teams playing major college football, and then there's the rest. And somehow Stanford is not involved in that at this point. Uh, Notre Dame isn't in that 64 well, team. Yeah, they are. They're not. Well, they, they would Because they always say 64 and then they go and Notre Dame. And that's, Notre how, Dame. That's, how, that's how I respect Notre Dame. Like, oh, the 64 and Notre Dame. They always go Power 5 and Notre Dame. Yeah, well, they yes. need to. I think the Big Ten's hoping that Stanford could help sway them into the Big Ten. And I've said that this would before. Be good. And I've said this before. I've been told this from people who, who are close to these conversations. Fox Television has told Notre Dame, look, you can stay with NBC. Your home games can still, you can still have your deal independently with NBC. Mm-hmm. Say you're independent, 
but we will be your provider for all road games, and you will be a Fox property as part of the Big Ten. Damn, that's how much that brand is worth. Yes. They're like, dude, keep your deal. Games, we'll care. We'll, keep your we'll, home share, we'll share you. We'll now, share your brand. Now, that that, <laughs> that NBC deal, whichever, however much it is, would be taken away from what they make in the Big Ten, right? It would yep. be offset, so they'd make the same as the other schools. But if you're Notre Dame, you could double dip, right? You're you making – you know, fifty million from Notre Dame. You're making you know fifty million from NBC, and you can still say that you're independent. And so, you know that that's I've heard that's an option. And so Notre Dame would have to consider that, I believe, especially Rod, with what's happening in the saber rattling in the ACC, where Florida State is saying out loud, "We want the hell out of this conference." They want to be a free agent. Yes. And they don't even have. I don't even. Well, we don't know behind the scenes. I'm sure they've worked out something. Um, but right now, they don't even necessarily have a home in mind. They just want to be a free agent. They just know their current state of uh, you know being with the ACC and their revenue sharing deal is something that's untenable. They was like, we can't. We can't compete. We're, our brand is going to fall so far behind by the time this end, the end of this media rights deal is done that Florida State won't even be a competitive brand because the teams in the SEC and in the Big Ten are making twice as much money as we're making per year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they've talked about uneven revenue sharing, which we know was one of the downfalls of the old Southwest yep. Conference and uh, the early Big 12. So, all right, there you go. Uh, there's the latest on conference realignment. Uh, we know the Longhorns in Oklahoma into the SEC. Uh, as of next year. But we also know, Rod, that um, we're about three weeks away from the first Longhorn football game, which means going behind the burnt orange curtain, training camp through four practices. Uh, we'll hear from Pete Kwiatkowski on the defensive side, also Kyle Flood more on his offensive line. And, yes, we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian uh, early on through four practices. That's coming back behind the BOC. Yeah, 26 days to the Longhorn season opener. We will go behind the burnt orange curtain. Has there ever been a great Longhorn number 26? Like a really great Longhorn who wore number 26? I'm sure there is. We got to do the research. I'm sure there is a great Longhorn wearing 26 somewhere. Somewhere? Uh, well, I, I, not, the, not the top of my dome, though. I don't, I don't, I don't think of one. Okay. Uh, several people who are, we appreciate you because you, you can watch our show on Twitch, right? You can watch the show. If you go to hornfm.com, you can, we got cameras set up here in the room. Uh, great side view of yours, truly. And Rod's right there, too. Uh, but uh, somebody said, along with a new name for the morning show that you're trying to find, please change the music segments on Twitch. feel like I've been in an elevator for 200 floors. <laughs> so I guess when we go to break on Twitch, we just play some soothing elevator music. And don't forget about the YouTube stream as well. Yeah, YouTube stream there is there. Go. We've got uh, Horn app. You know, as we said, you know, it's, radio signals are like newsprint, newspaper. Just uh, take off the training wheels, find us digitally. It's where all media is going, and we're happy to be here uh, on the Horn app, hornfm.com. And, you know, if as somebody said, oh, I don't have a smartphone, then you can do it on uh, AM 1260, 1019 on the FM dial. That's right. Uh, so just happy to be talking Longhorn football because no one else is. You know, we're the only show in town, which is, I think it's a really good show, and it's going to be a lot of fun over five hours every day and all football oh, season yeah. with Rod B., but we are the only local morning sports show in town, so that's a good thing. People are saying Lamb Jones. You got two people. One says Johnny Lamb Lynch. Jones, and yeah. then uh, Coach Scooby says, I think one of the Jones boys. Lamb yeah, Jones, was, number was, 26. Was it Lamb Jones, Ham Jones, and a Jam Jones? I don't even think of a, yeah, I think there were three Jones. There was, there was a guy three. named Ham Jones. There was a Ham, a ham jam, jam, Ham Jam, and a Lamb. And I don't damn. country boys. Damn, <laughs> there should have been a damn Jones too. He has a ham, lamb, and a jam. Damn, that's a lot of a lot of Joneses. Yeah, Johnny Lamb um, Jones. There you go. Thanks, Texter. I don't Appreciate even think that. is there who's like the greatest NFL twenty six. Is there a big 
26 is not a, a prominent sports number. I'm sure there's a great one we're missing. Got to be. Yeah. Rod Woodson? Yeah, Rod Woodson was. Was he 26? I believe he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, wasn't he? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. There's got to be a running back, right? Ooh, yeah, see, we don't Clint think about Portis. There you go. Clinton Portis. He, he wasn't a great player. He was a good player. Once, I know. I remember about Clinton once Portis. Once traded for Champ Bailey. Remember exactly. that? Exactly. Because the Shanahan run scheme didn't need a top-notch, high-paid running back. Yeah. And Shanahan figured that out. He's like, why the hell am I paying this dude all this money when I got the Shanahan run scheme, which can turn Let's Ty Henderson the sixth round. Exactly, into a 500-yard back? <laughs> Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Oh, AB. Yeah, he might be the GOAT. Uh, That's uh, the GOAT. Yeah, now that, that one might be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Carefully, might whip you with a switch. We don't put him on our list. <laughs> bare ass. Marcus Griffin. Marcus oh. Griffin, brother of Mike. The Bowie Boys. Remember, they came in twenty-seven and twenty-six, coming out of Bowie High. That's right. Did they ever play in the same secondary together? Did we ever get that happening? I think so. Brothers that started the secondary together. Did we get that? I think so. Uh, mm, I wonder because I know he didn't. Marcus didn't start when Michael was starting with the national title team. He wasn't that good. Yeah, he was Michael, playing, though, right? He yeah. was playing. What's about starting in the same secondary? Brothers starting in the same secondary. Like that's that's something to brag about. I don't know if we've done that. That's a lot. We've had guys from the same high went to the same high school starting in the same secondary. That's Houston Lamar. Shout out to DB High. I mean, you, DB got, Ron, you got Ronde and Tiki Barber. Obviously, Ooh, not yeah, I like that. And I believe Terrence Brooks and Ryan Watts are from the same school, aren't they? Yes. Uh, little so Elm, if Terrence Elm. Brooks ends up starting, you'll have two from the same high school again. Little Elm for like I the third time because Anthony Cook was from DB High. And I want to say at one time, him and like John Bonney started a game together, and they were both from DB High and Houston Lamar, H Town. So, well, obviously the Griffins were brothers. These two, you know, they're just good friends. Ryan Watts, of course, transferred from Ohio State. Terrence Brooks, who I know you're going to talk about here coming up for the top of the hour. It's a uh, fun new segment we call "What's Poppin'." What's going to be on our agendas today and tonight, including uh, my Astros making a trip to the White House, which we'll get you details on that. Rangers headed to play the lowly A's. We'll get "What's Poppin'" coming. First time to go behind the BOC, the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. What is behind that curtain? All right, welcome back. So let's get into some uh, some audio here from Sartre. Talk about the secondary. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I'm a DB. We just got, got done talking about some DBs at DBU. Uh, the first uh, cut here is from um, Steve Sarkeesian. He was actually talking about the uh, the secondary and the competition in the secondary. And he's been saying this a ton recently that it's going to be basically hard. It's going to be hard to select starters and hard to earn reps in that secondary because they have so many good players, such a good competition. Here's Steve Sarkeesian talking about the Texas secondary. You know, it's a, it's a great competition in the secondary. That's why I mentioned it uh, yesterday. When I got asked, you know, what what position groups are you intrigued to to watch? Um, the secondary is one because th- th- we have a lot of good players. We got a lot of good corners, you know. And you know, Ryan, you know, obviously started all year and is a good player. Terrace Brooks had a great off season, um, and I and I think had a good practice. Again, I, I got to look at the tape, but 
you know, the addition of Gavin Holmes, the addition of a, of a Malik Muhammad, you know, Xavier Bryce, year two, playing the position of, of what he can do, you know, the versatility of Ajade Barron, what he can do. So yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of quality players. Um, again, you know, there's, there's more to the position than just covering. There's communication, there's tackling, there's all those things. But um, I think we're off to a pretty good start. You know, I, I got to go, I got to go look at the tape. You know, I, I noticed Warren Roberson today, um, which was, which was encouraging as well. All right. He's, listen, I think they're deep, too, in the secondary. I know they didn't have a all-Big 12 preseason selection in the secondary uh, this year, but I love J.D. Barron. I got a man crush on J.D. Barron. So I, I think he's going to yeah, gonna end up being an all-Big 12 defender. But you have three starting caliber safeties now. They love Jaden Catalan. That guy's going to play in the NFL if he can stay healthy. Even if he doesn't, he's still going to play in the NFL. just may not play for long. You got Jaron Thompson, the elder statesman back there. Then you got Keaton Crawford, who they say now has earned – his way on the field. Speed. And, yeah, and then you got Ryan Watts, of course, who's your boundary corner. That's five right there. If Terrence Brooks, who PK, who we'll hear from in a second, if PK is being honest with us and he's right in his evaluation because he says that Terrence Brooks is the most improved player on defense this offseason. So if that is the case, then he's a dog out of corner, man. Exactly. Uh, that doesn't even include Gavin Holmes, the, the Wake Forest transfer who came in. Jalen Gilbo can play corner if he needed to. The star player, some of the young guys, Derek Williams, Derek young Williams. safety. I mean, they got they've done a really. That's the the exciting part about this staff. They've done a really good job of upgrading the talent at really every position. We talked earlier about Kyle Flood for the first time in his career has six guys coming back that all started mm-hmm. football games for him. He's never had that. In his career, plus he's got good competition beyond seven, eight, nine uh, for those starting jobs. We know the quarterback room is you know two, three deep right now. Receivers, they've added pieces, and you know really the running back looks deep. We just don't know who the proven commodity is going to be because we haven't got to see him. And you mentioned edge rusher opposite Baron Sorrell, op- linebacker opposite Jalen Ford, and then that corner spot. Who earns that spot? But it sounds like from Sark that. You know, there's a lot of good competition. Somebody, whoever earns it is going to be a good player. Yes, I, and I think that's why, you know, Sark is so confident in whoever ends up winning the secondary. There's, n- there's no concern, no anxiety about selecting the top guys or having those win those, having those guys win that job because you're so deep right now in the secondary. I actually think you could go dying package, which is six DBs sometimes in situations where, you know, they're in predict- your opponent's in predictable passing situations. So also a big issue for Texas has been turnovers or lack thereof takeaways, I should say, on defense. And PK was asked about takeaways and how to increase the amount of takeaways for Texas because they only had 14 this year. Got to get their hands on more footballs. Got to be more opportunistic. Here's PK when being asked about it. I don't think it has anything to do with scheme. It has to do with, you know, we drill it. We drill um, ad nausea. Um, we talk about it. We show we show the the good clips, the the opportunities where they could have punched it out. Um, you know, when we're when we get our hands on the ball, I mean, I mean, we've got to. We had uh, so we only had 14 turnovers last year, and we had we we had um, 14. It was was it 21, 21 miss offs. So um, we just got to take advantage of those opportunities that we had um, and along those lines sacks you know we had we, I think we had 27 and then we missed I think 13 and so we just got to do a better job of um, finishing taking advantage of those those opportunities when they arise and that comes from running to the ball right all the time 
Um, balls on the ground. I mean, we're diving for it. I mean, we call it city or country fumble. If it's a city fumble, I mean, we got to we got to get dirty. We got to go down there and get it. Um, and then when we get our hands on the ball, um, when it's in the air, we gotta we gotta watch it in. And that comes back to practice. Um, got to rep it. There you go. City fumble. It was a city fumble or country fumble. <laughs> Country fumble means it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's like, you know, it's just, yeah, it's not a lot of people around, not congested, but it's a, it's a city fumble. It's dirty. That means a lot of people around, a lot of, you know, feet, a lot of hands. You got to get down there and get grimy and dirty with it. So a country fumble, I, mean, I think he means you can go pick that up and scoop and score. Yeah, it's just you. Yeah, but yeah, city fumble, you mean to get on that thing, drop, get on eyes it. out. That's, <laughs> that's right, because, Ty, you played on the line, didn't you? you yeah. Played? Yeah, did. see, that's a line Rush thing. In. I ain't trying to do that. I'm going to grab some. <laughs> You know what? You yeah. Know. Hey, long anything goes in that scrum. Oh, That's why no. I never get in there. Is there a line? The refs have ever have the refs ever called a penalty coming out of a scrum? I don't know. Usually they just sort it out and keep it moving. Guys, eyes poked out, junk grabbed, pulled you. You know, you know what? I don't nope. know. Dudes have been flopping these days though. Coming out of the, like the hands up, fall back. Oh, yeah. oh I have yeah. seen that. Oh, yeah. oh, That's yeah. true. Yes. Well, look, more turnovers. The NBAification of the NFL. <laughs> I love that. Man. I've, well, I've taken and, that from and, you. Know, Keep it, brother. Payam Sadat has come in as an analyst on the defensive side. He was with, you know, that Desert Swarm group yes, out that, in Arizona. That flex, yeah, the double like, flex. And they, I mean, they, they want to create chaos. I mean, we talked about it earlier. You certainly did with the Dan Quinn conversation about the Cowboys and their safeties, how they're investing in them now. You just mentioned the deep secondary. This is a defense that even without – you know, a, a, an elite pass rusher should be able to cre- create chaos because they're good in the middle, mm-hmm. up front, the central nervous system of the defense, as you call it, Rod, with those big defensive tackles, and Byron Murphy, the anchor there, then Jalen Ford. You mentioned they had 14 turnovers last year. Jalen Ford had to have had them or forced six of those. That's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. He's dead in half of the turnovers. Yeah. They got. I didn't think about that. You're right. When then Jalen Catalan, who we, again, you had shoulder injuries and ended your NFL career. Jalen yeah. has had a hard time with that. Is there any way to play around that or play through that, or you just got to play? I think you just got to play, but I, I'll admit, if I was a DC, I probably would use him more in center field. I probably wouldn't use him in the box as much. If I got three, especially if I got three good safeties, I'd probably use those other guys in the box more than I'd use him, just, just to try to keep him healthy hey, as long some, as I can. Some other great number 26, as we mentioned. Somebody said uh, Saquon Barkley is 26. That is. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. yeah Napoleon Coffin. That was one of the worst injuries of all time. <laughs> CB said, don't forget about Ivan Williams. <laughs> oh, big Ivan Williams. Big Ivan Williams. Big Ivan. Man, that brings up some old memories. This is uh, – <laughs> Guys, I can get 1260 a.m. past Temple in my truck. Kapow, yeah? No, yeah. people love it up north. Like, people love – they love they love 101 out up north. They just don't like it well, that's where <laughs> in the, the city. That's where the tower – that's where the signal is. But, again, you can get the Horn app anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere it, in the wherever world. Wherever you stream the Horn. If somebody said TuneIn was working really good for them because they streaming on TuneIn. Hey, coming back, it is uh, our final segment of the five hours. That's Flew right. by. We call it five and five. Five hours a day, five days a week. It's E and Rod B. What's popping next? What's poppin'? Brand new whip. Just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that it's like stocking. Just joshing. What's poppin', Rod Babers? What's poppin'? Is that your guy Jack Harlow? <laughs> my guy Jack Harlow. I do have some Jack Harlow on my phone, but Jack Harlow might be a better actor than he is a rapper, and he's not a great actor. But he was in The Lays White Man Can't Jump. Hey, have you seen it? I have not seen it. Actually, I, I will not see it. It wasn't terrible. Really? That's my review. It wasn't terrible. I thought it I had to turn it terrible. off. It wasn't terrible. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, He's in it. He's the uh, white guy, and white men can't jump. Final segment every morning will be what's popping, what's, what's what poppin'? we're going to be watching tonight and doing. I will say this, Rod Babers, since, since if you missed it earlier, folks, Rod Babers ran four miles before coming to our 6 a.m. start of our show. I had to wake up. 
I'm going to go run four miles in the heat after the show. <laughs> well, I, did, no, I'm not. I was say, don't die. No. You got to get <laughs> try, ready for try that. Try not to die. <laughs> got to get ready for that walk to Dallas. Yeah. Oh. oh. You, yeah, know what? you know what? We're going to pick up that bet right here on the new show. I think I have to. Wow. I have to. It's never left. I mean, I did shows without Bucky for several years, and it stayed. I've made the promise, and it has nothing to do. Again, it's not a bet. It's a promise. Ooh. I said it in 1999. If the Dallas Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones as their general manager, I will walk to Dallas. So, yes, I will. I'm popping on that. That will continue to be a do you feel? Are you starting to feel anxious about no, it? No, never have. Never have. Wow. Better start training. Well, you was, never, even twenty like fourteen, you never felt weird. What was nope. it? Was it what, what did Cowboys make that run? Twenty fourteen with Romo? No, nope. that was a, that was the Dez catch. Oh, right? the Dez catch. Let's yes. not talk about that. A run? You were talking was, about one game in the well, playoffs? It was supposed to be a run. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I will say. I will say <laughs> when uh, supposed to be a run. when Des Bryant made that catch. Oh, I dude. was getting a little nervous. You should have been because that because that, that was a catch. And that defense was legit. Remember that defense? I think led the NFL in takeaways. They were I like was top a little two. Nervous. I was a little nervous. Yeah, that was but, a good. One. Uh, that's that's the closest I've been. You're right. Since Ty's been alive. So yeah, you're right. I think you're right about that. Yeah, Damn. That, somebody said that should be the name of the show, The Walk what? to Dallas. Somebody <laughs> said the five, the five and five, the or five, what, what, five times five or five oh, by yeah. five. Five by five, man. Five, five by hours, five. five. Five days a week. Five days. Uh, I like that. You know, cause let's not call it that because one day I'd like to get it back to four. You know what I mean? We're talking to the bosses here. <laughs> yeah, the goal is not to be five. <laughs> I agree with uh, no, that. No, we love doing That's going to be fun. We'll be here. It's going to be fun. And by the way, what's popping next? It'll be Jim Rome's show coming up, Rod. Jim Rome show, but hey, Jim is on a... vacation. Oh, come on. Sorry, bad timing. Come on, Jim. I don't know who the guilt, the fill-in host will be, but also Rich Eisen will be in between 2 and 5, and then excited to hear the debut of the new sports complex. Yes, my man Patrick Davis. With Patrick PD. That's my dog right there. Y'all are going to like that show. Y'all going to love that show. 5 to 7 today, the yep. debut. Uh, what's popping for you tonight and today, Rod? What's popping for me? I am uh, I'm catching up with my trash TV. I'm watching Naked and Afraid Castaways. Nice. There you go. Boom. How you like that? Really trashy. I like this. <laughs> well, he said show should be called Last Men Standing. No, we are. We're on the island. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, do you have a what's popping pick of the night? Gamblers? Kansas City Royals against the uh, Sox tonight. The, the Red Sox. I'm going to go ahead and take the Royals money line plus 166. I like it. What are the odds the president today gives a big old hug to Kate Upton if she's there at the White House? Oh, Justin Verlander. I'm so glad she's back. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm glad back. Justin Verlander's back, but I'm glad we get to see Astros Kate. Astros are going to the White House today Dancing. to visit with the president Mm-mm-mm. on their way to Baltimore. So uh, I'll tell you what's popping for me. We're recording our newest episode of the Eyes on Texas Multicast tonight, Love the that. podcast. Love it. With our buddy Mike Craven. That'll be dropping tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to doing that and uh, talking to you tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., Rod. Can't wait, brother. It was fun. It was fun. One down, many, many more to go. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Jacob Standard. Thanks, Al. Uh, If you missed any part of it, it'll be podcast at hornfm.com.